0: What's up, Cub fans? Welcome to episode 8 of Locked On, Cubs. I'm your host, Ryan Davis. I have zero guests with me right now because it's unfair to bring anybody on and ask them to talk about the big fat nothing that's going on with the Cubs this offseason. So, it's just me. I thought I'd uh, hop on here and give you guys a short podcast because I've been a little quiet lately, but really that's just because I don't think it's fair to you guys to get on here and and just say, hey, the Cubs have done nothing, and I have nothing to tell you. So I wanted to wait until I had a little bit something more to talk about. I found some interesting things to bring up on this podcast, but I don't expect I'll I'll be going too long with it. So first thing I want to talk about, uh, Rene Rivera, the catcher the Cubs acquired from the Mets last August, who hit well for them uh, and, and had a couple big hits in uh august and september he's gone um he signed with the los angeles angels uh, a one-year deal i don't know what the money is yet but i'm sure we'll be finding out soon i'm gonna guess that it's not very much because rivera is nothing more than a backup i think he had uh, let's see. He recorded 0.1 WAR in 236 played appearances between the Cubs and Mets in 2017, and he's going to be 34 years old in 2018. So just your classic backup catcher that you don't you hope doesn't have to play very much. It, that's um, you know it, it's not the worst thing in the world that he got away. Uh, but I was kind of thinking that he might be the. Guy that the Cubs bring on to back up Wilson Contreras at this point, unless they deal Victor Caratini, which is very possible in the offseason. The structure that I had imagined for next season was Wilson Contreras slotted in to take, you know, probably 80 to 85% of uh, the games behind the plate, with another catcher taking, you know, that, that 20 15%. Um, and Rivera is a guy who can fit that mold. And then Caratini would be back down at AAA playing every single day. If the worst-case scenario happens and Wilson Contreras gets injured and has to miss a long period of time, you can bring up Caratini and have him play close to every day or, or maybe like 65 70% of the time and, and split that time with Rivera And and not be in a huge bad situation where you're starting Rene Rivera every day, so that's what I had imagined. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. Uh, The Cubs still have uh, Alex Avila, who is a free agent. Uh, He was acquired from the Detroit Tigers last year. Uh, He came over in the Justin Wilson trade. Started out a little bit slow with the Cubs. Ended up hitting moderately well. He had a three seventy on base for the Cubs and. 35 games. He finished the season with a 119 OPS plus between the Cubs and the Tigers. Hit 14 home runs, 387 on base. Good hitter. Uh, Solid catcher. Had 2.7 war combined last year. That's all very good stuff. Uh, He's a guy that I think a lot of people would love to have back, but there's this assumption that he's going to get a starter's job somewhere because he was starting with the Tigers and, and he's been a starter for a decent portion of his career. And at 31, he's not exactly beyond his prime, although he's coming to the end of it. But the key thing for Avila is not only has he said that he would accept a backup job on a contender versus a starting job on um, you know, a non-contender, um, his 2017 isn't exactly representative of uh, the kind of hitter or player that he has been uh, in recent years. And, and I think that gets overlooked a little bit. If you just look at 2013 through 2016, which is a four-year stretch, Avila had 1,264 plate appearances, hit 216 with a 331 on base and a 354 slugging for an OPS plus of 91. So below average hitter during that same period of time, 2013 to 2016, Avila averaged 0.9 more. Now, he missed serious time uh, in three of those four seasons, but if you put it out to per 650 plate appearances, that's 2.5 more. That's a decent player if he's playing every single day, but we know that he's not going to be able to do that. So, uh, this may actually be a good fit for him and the Cubs now that Rivera's gone. Uh, it may take a little bit more money to bring Avila on board than it would be to bring on, uh, to to keep Rene Rivera, but you know this this seems to be a fit and it is a need for the Cubs. They do have to fill that backup catcher position. So, uh, I think Avila was a great fit in the clubhouse. Everyone seemed to like him. He was kind of a quiet guy. Uh, Joe Madden spoke highly of him. The few times I was there, uh, so I I would think that Avila would be. Uh, a pretty big option for the Cubs at this point. And that's really all I have on uh, catchers in segment one. So let's go ahead and go to segment two. Do you have a company that's looking to target the sports fan demographic? Then you should be sponsoring Locked on Cubs. Our rates are reasonable. So contact me at LockedOnCubs at gmail.com to find out more information. Okay. So second segment, I want to talk about a reliever. The Cubs have a, kind of a set back end of the bullpen at this point. Uh, the guess is that Brandon Morrow is going to be the closer, and then your seventh and eighth inning guys are some combination of Pedro Strope, Carl Edwards Jr., Steve C. Justin Wilson. And Wilson had a very poor season with the Cubs last year. Uh, he came over from the Tigers in that same Avila deal, Uh, He had a 2.68 ERA and had saved 13 out of 15 games uh, with the Tigers at the time of the deal, and just in general had been uh, a really good pitcher for the bulk of his career coming over to the Cubs. In fact, as of now, his his career ERA is 3.30, his career FIP is 3.24, he strikes out 9.6 batters per nine, 3.8 walks per nine. Yeah, that that's a little high for a reliever, but it's not the worst thing in the world considering the rest of his numbers. He uh, only gives up 7.4 hits per nine. So those are pretty good numbers before coming over to the Cubs, but I think Cubs fans' view of Wilson will always be a bit askew because uh, of the 5.09 ERA with the Cubs in 17 and two-thirds innings. He walked 19 batters during that period. So even though he had a, a lot of strikeouts... He had 9.7 walks per nine, which is just flat awful. Uh, His WHIP, uh, walks plus hits per innings pitched, was 2.094, which is just dreadful. So I don't blame Cub fans for cringing at the name Justin Wilson, but at the same time, this seems like more of a mechanical issue, and I would expect that that will get straightened out. And uh, if we're talking about X-Factors, that's a guy that if he has a great season for the Cubs in 2018— it could be the bridge to a very good bullpen uh, for the Cubs. But that's not the guy that I would say is even the biggest X factor for next year. There's another reliever. Now, let me give you some numbers. This is a guy who had a 3.29 ERA, a 3.17 FIP, 45.2% ground ball rate, 10.5 strikeouts per nine, 3.9 walks per nine, in 180 innings pitched as a reliever from 2013 to 2016 he will be 29 years old next year and had a bad year in 2017 now if this was a guy on the free agent market a lot of people would be thinking right now is the is the time to buy on this guy bring him in on a one-year incentive laden deal put him in your bullpen and see if you can figure out his arm and If he were a free agent, I would think that's a really smart thing to do. That's what smart teams do, is they don't pay high dollars for guys coming off a great year. They pay less dollars for a guy that had a bad year and maybe is a bounce-back candidate. That guy is Justin Grimm. And that's another name that I think a lot of Cubs fans kind of flinch when they hear, because Grimm had a really bad season in 2017. 5.53 ERA. He walked a little bit more than he usually does, but the big problem for him was home runs allowed. He gave up 12 home runs in 55 and a third innings. Now, if you look at the rest of his stats, it's pretty comparable to what he did in 2016. He pitched almost the same amount of innings, gave up exactly the same amount of hits. He walked four more, he struck out six less, but You know, most of his per nine stats are very similar to each other. In fact, his whip 1.329 in 2016, 1.337 in 2017. So, you know, similar number of base runners allowed. He actually gave up more hits in 2016. Uh, The big, big issue was just those home runs. And I I think as everybody who watched baseball last year would know, the ball was just flying out of the ballpark at an unprecedented rate uh, for this you know, millennium, I guess, since the steroid era. So Grimm, it's just hard to put your finger on exactly what needs to change. His fastball, his sinker, and his slider, the latter two, which he didn't throw very often, those pitches got absolutely crushed last year. But that big curveball that he has, uh, his best pitch, Batters hit 152 with a 242 slugging against that. That's really filthy. I mean, that's a guy that, if he can throw strikes, has the stuff of being an eighth-inning reliever. Now, that hasn't always really worked out with the Cubs. You know, everybody has said for the longest time, 97, 98-mile-an-hour fastball, big curveball, really a two-pitch pitcher, this is a guy who should be an absolute stud in the pen. He had that one really good season in 2015 where he had a 1.99 ERA, uh, struck out 12.1 batters per nine, but still walked way too many. Uh, And then he really hasn't been able to repeat that. His, His stats have only kind of inflated since. So yeah, I understand why a lot of people are frustrated with the thought of Justin Grimm, but to my surprise, the Cubs... Did tender him an offer where they did not tender an offer to Hector Rondon, so it, that tells me that the Cubs do believe that there is something fixable with Grimm. Now Rondon was probably set to make more money in arbitration than uh, Grimm was, thanks to his higher previous arbitration salaries and and being a closer before, which is you know unfortunately for these players saves. Kind of an antiquated stat, but uh, in arbitration settings, it it does mean quite a bit more. So players with a lot of saves like Rondon had early on uh, are going to get higher salaries than maybe even better pitchers who have mostly pitched the 7th or 8th inning. So Grimm's sticking around uh, for next year. The Cubs can't send him back to the minors. He's out of options. So this is a guy they're either going to uh, release in spring training and pay him the, the salary, whatever it is, maybe $2.5 million, $2.6 million. They're either going to release him and pay him, or uh, they're going to keep him on the roster. And I think the latter is probably more likely. When you look at what they have in their bullpen currently, they have basically one open spot that I think will go to Justin Grimm. That's my X factor for next year. Obviously, Justin Wilson is the guy that everybody will have their eyes on because the Cubs... You know they gave up Air Candelario and uh, another pretty big uh, prospect in exchange for basically the rental of Avila and the you know year and a couple months of Justin Wilson. And there was even a lot of talk at that point that Wilson would be the heir apparent to Wade Davis as the Cubs closer. I don't think it's going to work out that way, but uh, at least we need to give Wilson a chance and see if maybe he can turn it around in twenty eighteen. And I think the same should be true of Grimm. Last thing I want to talk about is the Cubs convention. Uh, Most Cubs fans know that the Cubs hold their convention in uh, Chicago every January uh, at the Sheridan Hotel. Uh, I've been very fortunate in that I've been able to cover the Cubs convention as media for a few years. I'll be there again this year, basically doing my own thing, uh, going to panels. Uh, talking to people, hoping to grab a, a few interesting stories in uh, basically the most uninteresting time of the year. I'm ready. I'm ready to dive back in. Uh, I, I, my uh, off-season has been long enough, I think, and I'm just interested to you know, see the players and talk to them, get that feel for it again, get, get my, myself mentally primed uh, for baseball season. And I know a lot of fans are, too. I'm, I'm very interested in seeing what the first Cubs Con after not winning a championship in over 100 years, I guess they didn't have Cubs Con back in 1909, but uh, I'm curious what this is going to be like. If fans are still as appreciative as they felt last year, where everybody walking up to the mic to ask a question of Theo Epstein or Tom Ricketts, it started out with a five-minute rambling about thank you for bringing a World Series to Chicago. I have a feeling that that's going to be gone. I have a strong suspicion that people will be upset that uh, Wade Davis got away, that Jake Arrieta is still unsigned as of right now, uh, possibly will also be gone. I think the people will conflate that with Dexter Fowler leaving and kind of go at Theo Epstein and Tom Ricketts for those very things. So it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know that a lot of fans, Cubs fans are going to be there that I know there's a a meeting that a lot of uh, people on Twitter, myself included some other media people and bloggers like Evan Altman and uh, Brett Taylor, Luis Medina, you know, several of these guys that you, have either heard on this podcast or read their sites or listen to their podcasts. You know, they, you follow on Twitter. A lot of these people are going to be at Lizzie McNeil's Friday. If you're in the area or you're going to be at the convention, look up where Lizzie McNeil's is. It's, it's basically right around the corner from the Sheridan hotel and uh, stop on by. I mean, it's going to be a packed bar, but uh, it's always a ton of fun. So I'll be there. Uh, I, I'd love to, you know, meet up with listeners and people who have read my work. I'm always happy to meet people. I feel really honored that people listen to me and and read the stuff that I write and and actually want to meet me. So, uh, if you do and you're in the area, please stop on by, introduce yourself. I'd absolutely love to meet you, and I know uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Uh, hopefully the Cubs give us more to talk about than just reliever X factors and backup catchers, uh, Cubs convention. And then I can bring you a really awesome podcast, uh, for Monday morning where you get to come on and listen to all my great stories about what was said at the Cubs convention and, and kind of my own backstage experience that you won't get from, uh, you know, other fans that might be attending the convention. So that's it for today. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Episode 8 of Locked on Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis. Uh, I'm also Locked on Cubs at, on Twitter, so you can follow the Locked on Cubs account, uh, which is where the podcast will be posted, and I will talk to you again soon.